Hey guys, welcome back to the episode. This is a continuation of our last episode, so if you haven't already, go back and check that one out, because otherwise this won't make any sense. <laughs> Actually, it probably won't make sense anyway. Enjoy! Alright. So an addendment, amendment, addendment, is that the right word? To episode 058, amendment. we're going to amend the episode. So, Lonnie, you haven't been here for, like, the entire episode. Where have you been? I've been in the bathroom. Oh, man. Everybody else left. I was just, a, I didn't want to talk about it. Oh, it was a good movie. <laughs> I, I believe you, but it was too fucking long. Now you can listen about it. I can, if I had seven weeks to do so. It's not that long. It probably is our longest movie review, though. Since back in the day. It's a good movie, though. Sure. You could watch six of my movies in the time you watched one Babylon. You're correct. <laughs> It was a good Brian pick, though. Proud of him. Did you say Brian? Brian. Okay. Like, I thought you messed up there. Oh. <laughs> I called him by his actual name. What the hell? Yeah, I thought I would sneak in because I can't let you guys be away from me for, for too long. Damn it. Yeah, that's right. So I thought I'd uh, bless you with my presence before, before you sneak away for the holidays. So I was sitting here the other night filling out my, my uh, sheet for the year. He said shit. Of my... Through Santa list? My schedule, oh. my, my fishing schedule for the year. And I thought, huh, what do you guys really know about what a pay-to-play professional athlete is? Um, Honestly? Honestly. What do I honestly know about it? I actually don't know, know much of anything. Much about it. So I, everyone, when you think of a professional athlete, you think of someone like Kobe Bryant. Well, yeah. not so much about Like, him. what is your training schedule like? Right, yeah. Like, do and, you have like a... a Training montage. I got to meet with all the other teams. Well, so there's two different spectrums of professional athletes. There is the professional athletes you know of, baseball players, football players. I'm, I'm imagining something right now that you have like 10 fishing lines that are all the way, you know, ripped through. Like you have to wind them all up in a row or something like that. Weights on it or incrementally, incrementally, <laughs> what, yeah, heavier. heavier. But then, so you, there's team sports, which you get paid by the franchise. You get offered a contract. You are part of that team. You are responsible for the team. But then there are what they call pay-to-play athletes. That is basically everybody else who's not associated with the team. Better known as a independent contract. That's your, your people like me. Fishermen, professional bowlers, people who play darts, people who do other sports that aren't team sports. That those sports require an entry fee. So... That's kind of what I'm going to talk about a little bit today. I have a question. Yeah, sure. Okay, since I'm the only one here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have, I know certain people when they get in the habit of doing something, it kind of becomes part of like their, their go-to thing. Yeah. Like there's like my, my wife has chicks that she, you know, lifts weights with and stuff like right. that. And they continuously do like the same pose. Do you have to do your fishing like pose thing? Like when you present something, do you always present it way far in front of you? Like, Hey, I just had a baby. And you're like, uh, <laughs> you can't. You show how big it is. and <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I zoom out to show how big it is. You got to hold it to your chest. That way we actually know. Actually, no, no. no. You actually have to catch fish to be able to show them. So this is true. I got to get better at that part. No, it's all about your branding. And that's something we'll get into as well. All right. But yeah. And, and it gets down to what you believe as a person, what a professional athlete. And it simply breaks down easily to... A professional athlete is someone who makes their income from said thing. 
So technically, Justin, you're a professional mailman. Yeah. Yeah. If we made money from this podcast, we'd That's be my professional occupation. podcasters. Although some mailmen aren't professional at it. Yeah, some some are dick fucks, but but that, and that's the same way with this. I make the majority of my income from fishing. So on my tax form at the end of the year, I get to claim independent contractor slash professional athlete. It's lame. It is the most egregious lie on the face of the planet. You ain't lying. Yeah. But it's how I get to fill out my taxes at the end of the year. So are there like workarounds or underground stuff like black market fishing and there's under well, I mean like there's like selling whales and well there's you know, all there's that. commercial fishing and stuff like that but there's a lot of people who don't claim stuff on their taxes which good for them it means they didn't make enough money to need to claim it it's just like gambling once you make a certain amount of money you need to start you need to start claiming them Right. Same way with this. If you're only doing local stuff and you only make 500 bucks this year. So what if you go over? Do you just go back to the things that you can just throw it all back? Go over the money you make? I don't know. Sure. I mean, like, if you caught all this stuff and you sold it, I mean, like, what if you... Well, I guess you don't. Do I you, guess you, do have you a, sell it to... Well, you, have how a, do you, you have a vast confusion of what... I do. I'm getting, I have no idea what you do. I'm like, you say it's a sport or whatever. I'm like, how do you score points? I, I will tell you. I want to know this. I, I, will, I will get there. I'm just kind of... I'm dipping my toe in. Oh. I'll get, we'll get you there. Water just the, jokes. <laughs> water, yeah. We're just, just, just easing it in. Putting the tip in. Just kind of letting them know what we're doing. Do I need a life vest for this? You could. Arm floaties. Nice. But anyway, so pay-to-play athletes. That kind of gives you an idea about it. Fishing is one of the biggest pay-to-play sports there is right now. And there's been lots of drama, lots of conspiracy, lots of everything right now in our profession. Just coming from anglers who are not making the appropriate amount of money. They don't know why. Sponsorship dropping out. The sport becoming more expensive payouts not being what they used to, endorsements not being what they used to, and it all just comes down to the presence of the sport. And I wanted to break down, when I was looking at my my schedule this year, and I was booking hotels and paying deposits on entry fees and doing all this, I just, I kind of thought it would be a cool opportunity to me to tell tell you and tell everybody else kind of what it's like when I'm when doing this at the beginning of the and like what's expected of you, what all is put into it. So for the 2024 season, yep. <laughs> 2024s season, there's seven divisions in the the circuit, and there's multiple circuits to get to the top competitive top level of the sport. And this is I'm. I'm part of the Major League Fishing Circuit, which is, there's numerous circuits, but we're just going to discuss my circuit. In, in the part I am, which is the Toyota Series, which there's many other grassroots series to get you to this level. There's the BFL, there's the high school, there's the college series, there's lots of steps that can get you here. You could just jump straight to here if you'd like to. You don't have to, but it is... It is possible to, if you want to invest straight to it. What sets most of these apart from each other? Entry fees and skill level. Gotcha. And number of tournaments. Huh. And location of tournaments. So for me, it feels very luckish because 
you're still relying on other things to take the nab. So it's like, how do you, how do you make your skill more advantageous? And the number one thing, how what makes you a better fisherman than the next person, and I would tell everybody this who asks, is the amount of time you put in on the water. At the end of the day, you're trying to catch a dumb green fish that lives in a pattern. It lives in a cycle. If you can figure out what that cycle is, it's pretty much going to be the same in most situations. Do they consider it like cheating or what do you call it? Performance enhancing when they use like the digital displays or? That's a big debate that's going on right now. I believe no. Well, you'd be wrong. I believe it's part of the evolution of the sport. I believe if you have problems with some of the electronics that are coming onto it, it means one of two things. One, you don't want to advance with the technology. Or two, your tight ass doesn't want to pay for the technology. Oh, well, sure, when you put it like that. It's expensive. Don't get me wrong. When I put it on my boat, the graph unit and the, the things to run it came up to about seven grand for one unit. It's not cheap. Good lord, that's but a lot of money. when you're winning a, an event and it pays 50 grand, it's kind of... Pays for itself? Yeah. <laughs> Unless the entry fee is about the same. Eh, they're up there. But so someone like me would be fishing, we'll say three circuits and we'll we'll go over we'll do the central which is february 14th through 16th is in scottsdale alabama april 4th through 6th in coleman alabama and then may 2nd through may 4th in dayton tennessee star wars day and that's for the central division then the northern division is in june 5th through 7th in mayberry maine Pittsburgh, New York on July 11th through 13th, and Messina, New York on August 22nd through the 24th. And then the Southern or the Southwestern is in Brooklyn, Texas in February, Toledo Bend in Louisiana in March, and then Oklahoma in May. So you think of that schedule. So you're, right. you're swinging it Michigan, around. Texas, New York, all of that. Are you making all these? This is your schedule? This is this is a schedule that I have to pick from. Like I said, there's seven different divisions. Like there's the Western Division, that's California, California, California. Plains Division, which is Kentucky, Oklahoma, Missouri. So as long as you fish a certain amount of these, it gives you the opportunity to have enough points to qualify for championships and other rounds. Now... For these tournaments, you got to keep in mind you have to put a deposit down. Entry fees for these tournaments are, are $4,500 a tournament. Jeez. So you're expected to put down a $1,000 deposit when you go for a tournament. So right there, you sit down, you're expected to fish nine tournaments a year to be, basically have enough, an opportunity to have enough points to be able to go on. So instantly, when you start down for the season, you're paying nine grand. You're opening up your checkbook, you're writing a check for almost $10,000. For deposits nine. on entry fees. But, oh, a minimum of seven grand, but... Minim a minimum of nine, because you need to fish at least nine tournaments. Oh, okay. To, but to or, but you're you're taking seven? Didn't you say seven? There's seven divisions. Seven divisions, gotcha. Yeah, you need to right. fish at least nine. So, instantly, you're sitting down nine grand out of your pocket. Jeez. So, as a, a professional athlete, you're almost paying ten grand. That's not the price of the tournament. When you get there, you're having to pay another $3,500. So, that right there, that's... That's an intimidating amount of money. 
that really makes you question about how good you feel you are at your sport. Then, let's say, February 21st through 23rd in Brooklyn, Texas. Obviously, we don't live in Brooklyn, Texas. Correct. So we're going to have to go down Brooklyn, Texas, which is, let's say, 10 hours minimum. Not that long a drive, Ernie, but thanks. That's a lot of gas. My truck gets 11 miles to the gallon pulling a boat, and that's diesel. That's going to be three, $400 to get down there. And back? Yeah, well, just down there. And then if I sleep in the back of the truck, I mean, I still have to pay for campsite, which is normally 10 to 15 bucks. But if I get froggy and want to stay in a hotel one of those nights, that's 80 to 100 So you think you're doing that for at least three days because of the tournament, that's Ooh. another three $400. Plus a lot lizards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Handies aren't cheap anymore. This is true. Inflation has made those go up. Plus, Not if, me. You, if you want to compete, you have to practice at the event. So you want to get there at least three to five days early so you can get a chance at winning. So you have to practice for the event. So that's X amount of days more to either camp or stay, which if you have a full-time job, that's time you have to take off work. That's time you have to, to put aside away from family, friends, obligations. Jimbo's podcast. So that's your three-day tournament now is potentially a week to eight days worth. At what Your $4,500 tournament now is seven, six, seven grand. And that's... 150, 160 people, and you don't get paid till 50th. So you have to be a third of the people in the event, or two-thirds of the people in the event to get paid. So a lot of these people, well, I guess the majority of the people, do not get paid much no, at all. Not at all. all right. So that a lot of the people work their butts off to not make a dime That's from sucks. the actual event. Um, gambling. Unless you are good at your skill, I guess. I mean, you going in... Choosing the stuff you want, I would imagine that you would probably look at weather conditions ahead of time to know what Doesn't arsenal you need to take. You you don't you don't get a choice. Gotcha. You load up every single piece of clothing, every all the equipment you have. That's why my truck is so big because I can just fill it full of shit and not have to worry. About it. The refrigerator truck full of dead bodies. Nobody likes a bragger. <laughs> it's not bragging. It's not <laughs> that I have money. It's I'm irresponsible. So, how many places are actually making their, their deposit back, at least? So, the top 50 at this level get $10,000. Right, like, so 10000 So, you're pretty much breaking even with some McDonald's money to cash. Then, up to about 20 is when you will start making money. Obviously, the top 10 is when you really start to make money up to the winnings. Winnings, you're winning about... 50,000. And then there's a bunch of contingency programs. Like if you drive this type of truck, you'll get an extra thousand dollars. If you have this type of sticker on your jersey or do this or have run this kind of motor on your boat, you'll get so-and-so. And there's lots of other contingency bonuses that the organization runs to help pad your pocket a little bit because they understand there's not a lot of money in winning the tournaments. And that's one of the things that the anglers are having difficulty with now is the amount of money that is being put into the sport and the amount of money that's being sent out of the sport. And that's one of the biggest, I can't say drama. A lot of people want to make it drama, but they're not realistically looking. And I've been in the fishing industry in many different facets of it for the majority of my life. I started working 
at a family-owned bait shop when I was. It started fishing tournaments when I was. You're baiting with your family? Baiting with my family nice. since I couldn't reach the kitchen table. Charlie's their own. Right? <laughs> Back in the day, your entry fees used to be like $50, and you'd win 500 bucks. Like shit, I would do that. That's yeah. good. That's good. Just that's to hang a out. Great EV. Yeah. Crack a few cold ones. It's, I don't know what that means. Sponsors meant something. Like you would go shake a hand with someone at the Ford dealer down the road, and they'd be like, "Well, what can we do for you?" Now here's a truck for the year. Bring it back at the end of the year when you're done. That was a great deal. Not these days. Not these days. You don't have like coveralls full of like patches with oh, sponsors we, and we still do. We were worse than NASCAR, but. The deal like that in the late 90s, early, early 2000s, when the media boom kind of switched, there was so much money dumped into professional fishing. And it wasn't just from the fishing industry. People started seeing outside sponsors come into the industry and really start dumping money into it. Edward or Williams Bourbon, the liquor companies, a lot of cigarette companies, a lot of soda companies, candy companies, food companies, just because they're seeing, oh, well, if this lure company is making a hundred grand from advertising for this event That's a lot of money. with really crappy advertisements, why can't we go in with our great advertisements and make 300 grand? Like there's this old hillbilly wearing it on his jersey we can get this new hot hip young fisherman I love him with my body tight slap our logo on him who actually can talk somewhat relevant pay him twice as much get all the fans on board, huh. put him on tv with a commercial like kellogg's or whatnot and make a ton of money off that so in the early 2000s people started going wow there's so much money in this sport and then social media People started realizing and companies started realizing that they could go to any Joe Schmo fisherman and go, want a free t-shirt? We'll wear it. And you know what they gave that person to wear that t-shirt? Discarded half-eaten turkey legs. T-shirt. That's not fair. Not at <laughs> all. Not for the people who are out there busting their asses now getting their endorsement deals where they were making a healthy wage, making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year off endorsements, are now making five thousand. Is it because 10, of the 000. exposure or what do you want to call it? The gravitation towards other sports or whatever? Well it's because their their value had vastly decreased. Like before social media I can't even get a decent chubby. Those people would go to trade shows, would go to bait shops, would go to events, and you would go to see them because that was awesome. You would want to go to see what they had to say. There's fishermen, the best fishermen in the world. One of my favorite fishermen of all time, his name was Kevin Van Dam. He was on top of the sport. If you, if he was in Mississippi next weekend, get in the car, go to Mississippi. That's the only time you're going to get to hear him talk about what he's doing. Kevin Van Dam? Is that what you Kevin said? Kevin Van Dam. Yeah. From Battle Creek, Michigan. From Battle Creek. <laughs> yes, that is true. Are you looking it up? No, I'm not. That's where Rob Van Dam's from. I, that's where, never oh. Is he from? He's from Michigan. Oh. I think Dearborn, Michigan. Let me continue. You would go out of your way to see somebody like that. Not only would that bring the venue revenue, that would bring his sponsors revenue, would bring him revenue. But then social media happened, and now instead of driving five hours... Otsego, Otsego. Now that... Kalamazoo. Now that you're driving ten hour, not... Now that you can sit behind a computer 
and see the same exact thing, you don't have to drive 10 hours. Well, why would we pay him as much money when he can say the same thing from his living room chair? Hmm. And then the, the revolution of the YouTubers started and the online fishermen started where we could give this fisherman who has an audience of 10,000 people X amount of or we could give this kid who $10,000 is an amazing amount who is advertising to 300 million people, most of them being juveniles, people who really don't know the sport. You could give him that money and he's going to lose his mind. I'm going crazy up here. That's where that shift happened in the mid-2010s, late 2000s. Huh. So the, they just exploited it a little bit. and Exploited it way too hard. So the money started dropping out of fishing. But in the just like in all society, when demand goes up, price goes up. But then when the demand started falling away, the price didn't. Entry fee price that went up because sponsorship was so good stayed up. So there was less money going into the sport, but the sport was still requiring a certain amount of money for you to participate. But everybody knows this, though. But everybody knows this. And they still... Or they still work their ass. How hard is it to start your own little league? Um... To get credibility, there's tons. There's thousands. And there, I fished seven different organizations last year. Because if other people start starting their own stuff and making it half the price, it's going to pretty much kill the big namers. Well, the problem with that is the big namers have, they have the television and they have the, the brands. Yeah, well, television is not really much of anything these days, though, when everything is just being streamed. Right. But, and... So the the people who are relevant are still making a good amount of money. And the people who are relevant and who were savvy enough to make the social media jump are still making good money, are still making $100,000, $300,000 from sponsorship and social media. So they're, you know, $40,000, $50,000 entry fees and travel and that. That's not a problem. They're still making a very healthy, very nice living. Cut to the people say, one step up from me, who are the bottom of the elite level, those guys are having to pay a $9,000 deposit Jeez. per event. And they fish nine events. That's forty five grand. That's just the deposit. That's just Jeez. the deposit. And we haven't even discussed equipment. We haven't discussed boats or trucks or, you know, tackle and stuff like that. Like, sure, a lot of that's given to us. And sure, a lot of that is, if not given to us, at extreme discounts. It costs you know, a couple things to cover for shipping and whatnot. But even that adds up. Like, I had to buy any this year. and Do you get points for sinking your own boat? <laughs> I didn't get any insurance money. That sucked. Yeah. Apparently, when you sink your own boat, it's not covered by insurance. Fuckers. That's insurance for you. That's insurance wah, for wah. you. But I had to buy a new boat uh, with a discount. And with all my stuff, it was still $17,000. I mean, it's not... A, it's Granted, it's not $70,000 what a new boat would be, but... It's still a hefty chunk of money. Yeah. It's a, it's a nest egg, but... That's not pocket change, right? No. It's a necessity. It's like having to wear shoes to go to work. You don't have shoes, you can't go to work. You don't have pants, you can't go to work. Your boat's kind of your office. It depends on what, what you're working with. I mean, you have to wear shoes and pants to work. It doesn't matter if you take them off at work. Okay, good. I've had calls on my route. <laughs> <laughs> it's been such a change. And then the other hot topic since people started is what you mentioned earlier. is the evolution of the sport. Now, a lot of the elder spokesmen, and I'm 39, 
and I am in, I would say, the age bracket of the higher middle-aged group. Hey, everybody! An old man's talking! There's some, obviously, people much older than, than me. There's, you know, your 45s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, guys still trying. But the majority of your current professional angler are kids because high school fishing is now a thing. Schools recognize it. College fishing is now a thing. They recognize that. When I was that age, those weren't things. But now that those are things, kids are able to make that jump to professional fishing much smoother and that transition much easier. So you're seeing 22-year-olds, 23, making that jump to fishing because they're getting their business degree, their management straight out of college, and they have the knowledge because they've been fishing basically professionally, but under a college label for years. So they're e able to make that transition and start it where guys back in the early 2000s had to, you know, grit their teeth and sleep in the back of a truck. Where like, damn kids, right, and right. damn music. Yeah, basically. So, and that's where the technology issue comes. There's been so much evolution in equipment and technology and boats. And, I mean, shoes is another huge thing. Clothing is a huge thing. This sport's one of the only sports where it's an, a huge elemental Someone advantage. Who that? Who that? Someone is at the front door. Huge elemental disadvantage. Sometimes you'll go out and it'll be 110. Other times you'll go out and it'll be 31. It's open. So that's something you have to realize too. And if you're not willing to make that transition, adapt with the times, you will be left behind. Same huh. thing with equipment. A lot of people complain about the evolution in equipment and want it changed, want it taken away. But like I said earlier, if you're not willing to evolve with the equipment, you're either not wanting to learn it. You came. Hey, fuck face. You came back. Yeah, we're recording that. I was in the bathroom while you guys were recording Babylon. So oh. It's recording my, my topic. Fish. Fish are the most mysterious. So, yeah. If you don't evolve with it, you'll be left behind. And then that. So, that's just something I, want, I kind of wanted to go over a little bit. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, that's just something I want to cover real quick. Uh, kind of get that off my chest. It's been bugging me a little bit and why I was filling out all that paperwork. So, so uh, when it comes to like the whole point system here... Oh, how, how the ran? Yeah, that's something that's kind of always confused me. It's like, how are you actually scoring this? I mean, are you actually getting, uh, is it the number of fish, the size of fish, the poundage of whatever? It depends on the event. Most of most tournaments are based on a five fish limit. You catch your five biggest yeah. fish and you weigh those five fish. So you fish eight hours all day. You try to catch your five biggest whatever species of fish you're fishing for. And then you weigh those five fish. Uh, multiple day tournaments, you catch five a day all right a cumulative weight and do you keep all the stuff you get i mean like do you just take your biggest one nail it on a slab and hang it up on your wall i mean yeah or really in, in most of the circuits i fish it's frowned upon you want to keep them alive and let them go it's kind of so people are winning off of the same one yeah what if you like tag that, like put a little magnet or something in it, and cheating. come back the next year? Cheating is something that has been a hot button topic. That I don't know if you've seen the the walleye guys last year. I so have not. That couple of guys stuffed weights and fishes bellies and got arrested and got felony charges because of it because they've been winning so much that went over the felony charge limit and one of them got a year in jail got all their equipment taken away 
Go fish is a thinking man's game. I, I don't. Yeah. Wait, how does the weight? Wouldn't that they eventually kill the fish? Weight. Yeah, they put physical weight in the fish to make a four-pound fish weigh seven pounds. Oh, okay, I see, I see. I thought you meant, like, got, to come back and catch it got, again or something like they that. They got caught, and... Like, that's some bullshit. They ripped out and almost got murdered. I think that fish is dead. I'm sorry if you already answered this since I just got here, but... <laughs> again. Can you catch... So you say you catch how many fish for each category or whatever? For us, it's a five fish limit. Okay. Do you catch more than five you and then catch, just keep the yeah, ones you, you think are the heaviest? You can or catch okay. as many as you want. That's all day. You just keep your five biggest. Gotcha. So I was That's wondering if you're like, where you get all this money is because you give the the fish to like local restaurants like Il Mato or whatever. And it's like, this there was, was just caught this morning. <laughs> there and, are certain tournaments. But why that would he talk like that? Pretentious re restaurants. Oh, there, that's fair. There that's are fair. certain circuits that do that. A lot of walleye circuits will have them catch fish and then donate the fish caught to food banks and stuff like that. That's um, nice. But the, the bass tournaments, it, it's mostly all about conservation. We want to catch them. We want to keep them healthy as possible. And we want to let them go because there's only so many. And we know if we kill off our, our what we're trying to catch, the sport's going to die. But, yeah. True. So, but then there's certain colonies of fish that like really populate. Like, yeah. uh, when there's vicious fishes in the fish game. But unfortunately, ours is not one of them. Do you fish in just natural lakes, or is it like no, man-made lakes? We fish lakes, rivers. rivers. Gotcha. Yeah. Right we fish brackish water sometimes, with salt you, water, fresh water combined. How do you up the ante? Do you like fish for sharks, or so set when it, I, oil on fire, or whatever? When I am not bass fishing tournaments, I love to fish for muskie and northern pike, which is a different kind of fish, but has big giant teeth. Giant ass teeth. Giant ass teeth. Like, My uh, grandfather like used to freshwater fish sharks. Yeah. Have you had a fish pull you out of the boat? Yes. Recently? Uh, not recently, <laughs> no. Have you been wearing your shoes since the accident? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I wore flip-flops once that I was fucking paranoid at the time. Is your Just wife, like, bitching at you? She's cutting it in if I don't move. Your wife bitching Sorry. at you when you, uh... She's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's, no. Where but it was shoes? a funny story. When I went to get the staples out of my feet, my partner was with me, and he's taking, out, he's taking out the staples, and I was like, so, got a question for you, Doc. He's like, what's that? So when am I able to get back in? You fucking serious? I'm like, yeah, I just, I'm just curious. He goes... I guess whenever you want, I'm like, so is Saturday okay? He's like, it's Thursday. It's not and? Bad. He's like, I, I guess if you don't, like, overdo I it. I guess. That's not a really free plug -in. I've had some major, major injuries when it's come to fishing. My feet surgery, I got ran over by a truck once. Fishing? Yeah, I ran myself You're not, over with that. What? 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 Yeah. During the event. How, many, how many trucks have gone room. into the water from the boat dock? Because people are idiots. That I've I, seen it happen twice in I, my life. That's how I almost ran myself over with a truck. Long story. I don't really want to get into it. But <laughs> almost killed the guy. Oh, we're getting into it at least. Some, These are the stories that I feel like almost, you need to get into. All right. So, <laughs> was fishing a tournament. Um, had a really old, like a 1983 or 84 Ford F1. Spread light on. Yeah. Okay. Back in the day. Fishing I've done this enough. Okay. Fishing it tournament is, yeah, with my wife. We went back back the boat in. And That's the one I, usually I opened the door to unhook the boat. And the transmission on my truck broke. Like the transit, the transmission broke. So the truck started going like it was going to go into the water with the boat. So I ran, went to go jump back in the truck. Oh, no. And 
a guy who was standing there, an older gentleman, seeing what was happening. So he grabbed the door to try to pull the door open so I could just jump in. Well, it went so fast and he was so old and feeble, it pulled him feeble? off his feet. He died. He's dead, and I'm going fishing. Uh, <laughs> he gone. We'll get there. And when it pulled him, he knocked into me. So when he hit me, I hit the ground, and he hit me. The truck rolled over my ankle and my foot, and then his leg kind of got wrapped up and went over the top of the tire. This sounds terrible. But luckily enough, the it when it hit me, it kind of turned the truck off its axis, so the boat and the truck jackknifed okay um so it didn't go so the wheels are still on the the wheels were still it was still on the cement the way you're describing i'm thinking of like a carnival ride or something like that. oh no honestly <laughs> oh no the transmission just like the main like i don't know much about vehicles but the tranny tranny it just kind of gave supposed, out if it's with a car you can say tranny so it's good yeah so that went out. Yeah, we're real worried about saying things on this podcast. So I got up, <laughs> I got up to instantly check on him because I'm, he's like 75, 80 years old. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, I just cut my foot. Are you okay? I'm like, I don't give a shit about me. Are you okay? <laughs> because he looks down at me. I have a bone sticking out of the side of my foot. Just, my glasses are gone. Nice. I'm completely fucked. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> Give a shit about gone. me. Are you okay? Then he took his last breath. And, and, <laughs> and Tracy from the boat goes, I'm fine. By the way, no big deal. Um, and you're like, shut up. And right. this time, a guy uh, by the boat ramp's like, here, I'll back you in. I'm like, and I was so confused. I'm like, I don't, I'm just glad you're okay. So I didn't think anything of it. I just jumped in the boat, went fishing with a bone sticking out of the side of my foot. I would imagine you would do something like that, especially if you've already entered into it. It's yeah. like, maybe I can win something to I'm, pay for my medical. I was so <laughs> running on adrenaline and confusion about Ooh. what just happened. I didn't even think of it. Did you fill your boat up with blood? Yes. There was, <laughs> I have pictures somewhere of bloody footprints all over my You got uh, mini bites that time, huh? Fishy dead skin. $45. So, so they, they launched the tournament out and the old guy got a ride to the local hospital because he cut his ankle and his foot from the rust on my truck. So they, they gave him a shot of morphine to, to numb him up a little bit so they could do the stitches. Turns out the guy was not capable of having morphine at his age. So uh, it stopped his heart. They, oh had to, Jesus. they had to life flight him to Des Moines Medical. And he now has a pacemaker for it for the rest of his life. Do you like send him Thanksgiving cards? I, and <laughs> he messaged me once. There's no hard feeling, and I've ever, I've I've never been able to have the huh. it just it scared me that much. I still had to drive home because Tracy didn't know how to drive a manual truck, so I still had to drive home. And the only gears I had in the truck were first and fourth. So I'd have to redline first as hard as but, possible. Yeah, about to say you'd have to pop it over to fourth with a broken foot. Been there though. But then I went home, got healed, fixed up. That sounds um terrible. That's ickies, man. Yeah. That sounds ickies. Yeah, no, I've never really. It's been a, a very long time since I've been fishing, and last time I've been doing it was mainly just like spear fishing, just yeah, fishing between the creeks. I always like that, like just flip it on onto the on the shore or whatever. Just I don't know a line and pole is. Has not really been my thing, but I hit my <laughs> hit my brother in the crotch with an ounce and a half weight. That nice. was 
on my highlight. This guy has the penis fish. Did you use the stuff weights into the fish? No. Just are you set, just saying that because just it's going to hook too hard? <laughs> just a funny story. Set the hook too hard and heard the zoom by my face and I heard. <laughs> Whoopsies. Oops. This yeah. is your bull rider brother? Yeah. Your MMA brother? My, no. MMA brother is Tony. This is the bull rider. Jim. So both of them have probably experienced worse than a fish hook. Uh, a weighted fish hook line or whatever. I don't know. It was going pretty fast. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got. Thank yep. you for indulging me. I, I've. Yeah, again, I didn't really know much about the uh, uh, leagues and stuff like yeah. that. To yeah. me, and it's like, oh, it's just going fishing. I mean, he's doing what he loves, whatever. I mean, like, let him. And this is like the middle tier. I'm not talking I'm anything special. I get to claim professional athlete on my taxes because it's how I get my in. There is numerous other leagues up, oh, above me that pay massively more on entries. The top-level guys still have to pay their own entry fees. They still have to buy their own equipment. They still have to pay for their hotels. They're just doing them on a much grander scale. But when they win an event, they're winning 150000 to 300000 an event. Where if we win, we're winning fifty k. Oh, wait, he's just the bottom. Mm. There, there's a mass difference. But when at the end of the year, when we're only paying nine thousand in entry fees, they're paying close to fifty, sixty thousand in entry Jeez. fees. He's a what? A power bottom. They're traveling from Florida to California, New York, on a much faster basis than like we we'll do Florida to Oklahoma to Missouri to like our schedules. We can make our schedule so they're pretty close to where they don't give a choice. They're they're told where to go. Yeah, I don't I don't have a love in it. Sorry, I do, but it's gotten it's gotten much harder having a a son. When I was young and dumb, I could sleep in the back of a truck for months and not. Yeah. Now that I have a three-year-old. You wake up like, whose fucking truck am I in? Yeah, yeah right. Like, this is a big trash can. Where am I? But, yeah. We're done. Hmm. I well, just wanted to ruin your guys' podcast without me. Oh. No, we miss you. Now you can flush. Now, I don't even know what we talked about. Now back to Babylon. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That was four weeks ago. I'm surprised you guys still aren't talking. I know. Uh, Justin is still talking. About it. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a good movie. I've been dreaming about it. Ooh, that was a month ago. I, uh, yeah. One hour so far. <laughs> oh, braver man. Is that already to the uh, sound stage? Not yet. Okay, gotcha. That's what's sad. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is about an hour in. <laughs> I guess. What is it? It's but getting yeah. there. All right. Well, thank you, Lonnie. Thank yeah, man. You're welcome. Thank Very you informative. I'm glad we, we learned that. You're welcome. And then I'll... Now I'm going to eat some combos and let you guys see. Do fish bite combos? No. What's the best bait? Depends on where you're at. On average. What's a go-to, uh, uh, a trusty? Black and blue oh my jig. God, can you stop picking up everything? <laughs> <laughs> so this will make noise. <laughs> uh, uh, That's the movie we're going to be watching next. My movie. Sounds. Yeah, what's that on so I can watch? YouTube. Is with, it? With ads. AMC Plus, Sound Plus. I'd be Perfect. I've spent maybe... Uh, Three days watching it. So about four fun. hours... <laughs> And his 20, goal is 29 minutes. His goal is to make it each podcast longer. I'm trying not to. When I, when I pulled that up and literally talked for almost the movie, I was like, fuck this. He cut some out. I did. It was three hours.
It was all, it was longer than the movie itself. Yeah. I want to say. If I see an episode of the movie, so is the Departed. It's longer I think. than the movie, I get upset. But there's a lot of good stuff that you. It can, is a lot yeah. of talking. It's good. It but I mean, there's more good. around the movie that's not the movie that You're it's like, around. holy crap, that, that's I was I was in the movie, I was out of it, okay. fourth dimension. But anyway, we're gonna close this one out. Tune in next month, probably. Where are these things coming? <laughs> <laughs> I have a okay. idea what I'm going to be talking about next week for us is be next week when we record the actual podcast. Yeah, but, spoiler, yes. we then there's a. What, uh, I don't know. A oh. Christmas special coming out next week when we yes. release. That was last week. I don't know. I don't know if it doesn't. Just cut this out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what I miss, Jeremy. Like he, his little. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, you know where he got that? Is it a Jim Carrey thing? No, it's from me. Oh. We were at NFM, and Jeremy still when we lived together. And when I was applying for the Mark card, and at the time I had zero fucking credit. Like if there could be negative credit, I probably would have it. With your broke ass. Because I just okay. I well, yeah, I paid cash for everything. So I applied, and then you wait for a phone call. Well, the phone rings. Like okay, they need to talk to you over there. So I pick up the phone, and they tell me, hey, you have no credit. You need to establish credit before you can get credit with us. Blah 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 blah. And they talk for like two minutes, and then I just go, okay. <laughs> and, and like Jeremy thought it was like the funniest thing ever because all he sees is just me like nodding and then okay and then hung up the phone like I think he says his animation is what kind of always oh, yeah, gets me out of head he's like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah it's very um uh wow what's his name Andy Kaufmany Kaufmany okay yeah right on all right I'm excited well, for our next episode my segment will be viewer questions for us all from Eli and Cho. And Finalized. they are actually pretty funny. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's some... Cho asked... So Cho is a newer listener for us. Eli's been listening since day one, I believe, or at least pretty close. So they're very different questions from very different viewers or listeners, which I appreciate it. And one I'm still laughing at that Cho asked me, and so uh, we'll get to it next week. Do we get a... We don't get a, get a... Don't get a primer? Nope. Save it? Not at all. We're saving it. Blue balls the listeners. We're blue balls in it. Yep. You make me laugh. Uh. They're very different sets of questions, and I do appreciate that. Like, Eli's, like, a good portion of them are insightful. Like, hey, what do you guys, blah, blah, blah. But some of them are like, if this and this was happening, would you do this kind of thing? You know what I mean? Uh, it's like, yeah. That's something I do want to do eventually. I had some very twisted things I wanted to bring into for, like, kind of like railroad scenario. Like, you want a railroad who? Scenario. Oh. Is that oh. a Hispanic guy next door? That's my new nickname. Oh, is that Did okay? he talk to you? It's a scenario. Did he talk to you? He's <laughs> like, hey, wait. Also, why is it Christmas time and you still have pumpkin? Check it, check it. Uh, trash doesn't come. <laughs> okay. It doesn't come in November. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Once a quarter, that's a waste of gas. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will see you out. Get the fuck out. Okay, bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, well, that's not all. Stay tuned next week for the continuation of this episode, whenever these things come out. Shalom.